Welcome to the Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Karima Eames, a holistic therapist, author, and passionate seeker of truth. For the past 34 years, I've been working with people on inner transformation. I've taken my learnings and written a new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation. This book is packed with tried and tested tools and stories. And now in this podcast, we'll explore real-life client examples and how they have applied these tools to transform their lives. Come and join me if you would like to learn how to transform your life too. My guest today is Alice. She's a mom in her early 40s to two very active young boys, a nutritionist and a yogi. She enjoys a regular meditation practice, connecting with nature, meaningful conversation, and cooking healthy and nutritious meals. She has done work with me for a long time, and we just had a little chat, and we both want to bring across that this work is available and possible for anybody. So, Alice, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much. I look forward to speaking with you and sharing your insights with our listeners. How are you right thanks. now? I'm really well, thanks, Karina, and thanks for giving me this opportunity. So we've agreed on the flow of questions that I've introduced in the other podcasts already. So are you ready to go straight into it? Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. Let's go. Can you say why you are interested in doing inner work? You remember whenever that was when you started, why you started doing the work? Uh, I do have a distinct memory, actually, of when I was about seven and um, I was taking drama classes and my drama teacher um, was really in tune with kind of aligning body and, and movement and voice and she always used to incorporate um, those elements into into the class and then at the very end she would do I guess what I'd now call a meditation but but for all all the children and I just remember feeling such peace and almost bliss um, at that moment at such a young age and realized that there was something really special um, she was offering there and I think that was my first um, recollection and I guess it piqued my interest then for the the rest of my life. That's beautiful. That's very early to start knowing states like that. And amazing that you had meditation at that young age already. Now, what important moments of doing your work are standing out for you? Because you've done it for a long time and anything important you want to mention right now? Gosh, there's been a few, I think. Um, I think early on, a really big defining moment for me was realizing that I am in charge of my emotions. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, from my emotions, therefore my physical state as well, because I think you can't um, keep the two separate. And I think once I realized that um, it was just such an aha moment for me that, okay, there's not something outside of me that's causing me to feel these things, whether it be negative or positive emotions, this is within me. And, and I guess that realization, um, really caused me to, um, realize that I could take hold of the reins and just go for it, you know, really, um, be in charge of 
my feelings, if that makes sense. Oh, that or makes work a lot towards of sense. being in charge. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really important uh, aspect you're mentioning. I often break the word responsibility down in the ability to respond and consciousness as choice. And what you're describing there is us really realizing that we can be in charge of our lives, not just emotions. And yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's, really, um, it's really powerful. It doesn't mean that I always live by it because sometimes I slip out and like we all do, you know, and, and, but, but it gives me, I guess, something to come back to always. And, and for me to realize, oh, I've just slipped out of that way of thinking, you know, I just mm. felt angry towards that person and, and almost blamed it on them. Hang on a minute <laughs> and, and bring it back. And it's just really powerful for, for, I think for me to be able to have that realization and to always bring it back to, to me and to delve mm. deeper into myself. Beautiful. Now, in terms of challenges, when you look back, what challenges have you overcome or what would you say are common challenges in doing the inner work? Um, I think for me early on, and um, I think everyone can probably relate to this in some way. Um, in my, my teens and early 20s, I had um, a few health issues around chronic fatigue syndrome and, and just recurring glandular fever and, and various things kind of go on. And um, I think I think that's, you know, one of the things that really led me to the work. And I think a challenge for me is just um, almost that, like overcoming the, the, the physical and, and realising that um, I can actually take control of that of that physical, you know, state and actually that the physical is actually, um, I think a really, really good reminder, um, when things are a little bit out of balance in our lives. And so I think that that's been a challenge for me kind of ongoing is, is um, you know, not pushing or forcing, but just mm-hmm. letting, you know, letting it be. What you're mentioning there is one of the key aspects in doing the work, the not pushing, not forcing, the allowing, the acceptance. And through that, what we really have to work with opens up. Yeah, and I think probably in the Western world where we're kind of used to pushing and, and doing and forcing, so it, it's almost counterintuitive, I think, for most of us to to not do that um mm. but really i realize now from doing the work that that's where the really beautiful moments lie yeah yeah definitely now let's go into some of the questions that are aligned with the chapters in the book mm-hmm. and we will start with the mind what would you say about what the role of the mind is in inner transformation it's crucial, definitely, um, but I think it's one small aspect <laughs> um, and it can sometimes be hard or I found it hard to get my mind out of the way. <laughs> mm. um, so, um, so I think that the mind, you know, works in harmony with all your 
you know, chakras or centers or, you know, being your heart or your gut or um, all your feeling centers. Um, and that that's, I guess, one crucial component, but we've got, you know, a lot from your head down that, that, that you can also work with that um, I guess, and all those feeling centers all have little brains just like the heart mm. does. And, um, and that to work with all of them in unity with the heart um, really creates some, you know, some powerful kind of um, responses in, in your body and your mind. Yeah, that's very true. That it all has to come into alignment. By now, would you say your mind has become a friend? It works with you for when you go inside? Yes, absolutely. It has become a friend. Um, it's not always easy. And I think um, sometimes it, uh, it can overanalyze. <laughs> um, mm. But again, I think it's just about having that awareness and that consciousness um, that you can rein it in and, um, you know, tell it to steady, steady down a bit and just sort of slow down a bit and, um, and, you know, and having that capacity to do that definitely, definitely helps with the inner work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If the mind isn't on board, it's very difficult. It needs to learn to become curious and interested in what else is going on and in the body and in the heart. So it's very important. Yeah, almost like a detective, I would say. Yeah, 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 it's true. I sometimes call yeah. the mind when we really look for something or deepen something or uncover something in the unconscious. I call it Sherlock Holmes. Get the magnifying yeah. glass out and let's really have a look. Okay, let's go to the next big important part, the physical body. Why is connecting with the physical body or working through the physical body important? Well, I think um, the physical body just gives us so many clues as to what's happening, um, you know, in, in, in our lives or our emotional, our emotional state. Um, and I think once, you know, once I realised that and started to, to work more with the physical body, I think that um, it, you know, like the mind, it becomes your friend and, and something that, you really love and cherish. Um, and so rather than almost getting, feeling a bit frustrated or angry when um, you get sick or, you know, um, you feel run down or whatever, it, just use, use it again as, um, as a clue and a springboard to, okay, well, what's actually happening in my life and why am I feeling this way? So it's a fantastic tool, I think, and it's it's the ultimate tool that we have to really know, um, you know, our emotional state and how we're feeling, and and gives us clues as to what we need to to work on next. So it's amazing, yeah, how it just shows up, you know, exactly what we need um, at that point in time. It's just, yeah, it's it's astounded me time and time again doing the work that it really, really does show show me, show me the way and, and kind of guide me. Yeah, that's beautiful how you put that, show you the way and guide you. Yeah, the body is such a fine, wise instrument and no symptom is there without a specific reason. And if we find those reasons, the body heals. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Now, how would you describe the importance of the heart for inner transformation? For, for yourself and, um, and who you are that is almost first and foremost, I think, um, in that transformation piece. It's got so many layers to it and mm -hmm. I keep uncovering another layer and thinking, wow, I didn't realize I could actually feel deeper and more into the heart and that's just incredible and it's just the most amazing, delicious feeling, you know, when I, when I feel into it. Um, and again, just having that, that feeling of expansiveness and openness um, with the heart, I feel like I just, when my heart's in that state, I feel like I, I can't go wrong with my decisions and, mm. and you know, my, my um, course of action. So it's, oh, it's just, it's the best um, therapist, I guess. It's an inbuilt therapist. <laughs> yes, it's <the> inner therapist. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> and I think you can just always come back to it and, and count on it time and time again, and then we'll give you the right answer. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit more when we come to inner guidance, because the heart is crucial for that. But I just want to deepen a little more what you said, that the heart, you explore it more and more, it opens more and more, you find out more because I also call myself an eternal fan of the heart and that deepening and discovering of more amazing qualities keeps happening. And I believe it will happen for me for the rest of my life. Are there any specific qualities when you come in touch with your heart that you want to mention, like you mentioned self-love? What other qualities do you feel are part of your experience when your heart is open? Uh, just all the good ones, really. So, yes, that, that sense of love, definitely. And, um, and I mean, I've been brought to tears in sessions we've done with um, the sense of joy in my heart. Mm. You know, it just, it just makes me cry with happiness. It's just <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah. So joy is a big one. Um, a real feeling of contentment um mm. and peace yeah yeah just real peace and and happiness with with where i am and what i'm doing and and um my life beautiful like one of the terms we often use for when we're deeply connected to the heart is being at home like home is where the heart is and it sounds like you're describing that in what you've just been saying. Yes. Now let's go to the big area of feelings, which is for most people challenging and many, many layers there. What have you learned about the art of feeling? I've learned that it's okay to feel um, and it's good to feel a range of emotions, not just the good ones. Um, And I think with my conditioning and my upbringing, and I think probably many others too, it's hard to reconcile that it's okay, well, in my case, to feel angry. Yeah. Um, that it's okay to feel, you know, pissed off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's okay to feel, um, you know, resentment or all those really oh. yucky emotions that we're told um, as kids to, to bury. 
um, that it's okay to feel all of those and, and actually when we do really feel into them and, um, you know, address them or, or um, you know, be in tune with them, they can transform. So for me, um, anger in several of our sessions has transformed into just real vibrancy and, mm. and energy for me and and I realised, oh, my gosh, I was so stuck in this kind of mucky, gluey tar that was the anger and, and when mm. it's released, it just it, it releases more energy in, in me to go about my day-to-day living. Um, and so I think that yeah, everything should be on the table, nothing should be left off and, and that, um, you know, feeling that wide range of emotions is so healthy and beneficial to, um, you know, to, to look at for us. Yeah, so true. Are there any other ones you remember that were difficult in the beginning besides anger? I think anger is the one that really stands out for me mm -hmm. as, as, being, as being a challenge. Um, I think fear is another mm -hmm. one. So, so, again, really, you know, really feeling into into that fear and, and feeling that it's okay for um, that you don't have to hold it all together, you know, that, that it's okay yeah. to feel feel that fear. And again, you know, I remember when I released it, just that physical trembling that I had um, and the feeling of um, just a release, you know, a release of fear and um, And again, that then that then transforms into something more positive. Yeah, what you mentioned is important. Like fear specifically releases through shaking and trembling. And when you can find that, when you know that you're scared or you've got a shaky feeling, and then to really allow it, that's one of the pathways how it transforms. And fear is in most people the more hidden emotion. There are others on top, and then eventually you get to the fear. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, a lot of the time we're living in that fight or flight response, and it's not necessarily a healthy way to live. Mm. Um, and so to address that and to become aware of that and to maybe switch off that fight or flight response, I think is a really big one as well. Yeah, and there's a whole science available for that. All the trauma work really helps switching that off and coming out of freeze. Yes, yeah, definitely. Now let's talk a bit about the inner child and your understanding or some memories. Mm, I, think, um, I think so much of our conditioning happens when we're children. Um, And when we're not really aware of, you know, what's, what's right or wrong or, um, you know, what the correct way to behave is, we just always look to our caregivers to, to provide input. And so I guess it, it shapes who we are as adults. And sometimes, um, and in my case, it was, you know, a very loving family and um, nurturing and, um, you know, I was, I was really, really fortunate. Um, but I think some of, some of the, um, the things that my parents instilled in me were a little outdated or a little 
not in tune, um, not in tune or not intuitive. So I think to come back as an adult um, and address myself as a as a younger person um, when I really felt deeply those those feelings of you know I'm just thinking I, I think I've worked with you on shame um, mm. and guilt and sadness yeah. um, or whatever they may be um, and to to talk to um, the child as your older self um, it's such such a simple tool, I think, but just it's amazing how effective it can be. I think in um, in healing that um, that part of you. Yeah, it, that's true. It is easy once you understand how to do it, and it's so powerful. Helping younger parts, you know, not feel shamed anymore, or not scared anymore, or not confused anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and I think we all have experiences in our childhood that um you know were challenging um, yeah. and do somewhat shape us so let's talk a little bit about the more challenging part of the work inner holds or deficiencies do you have memories of coming across those and what they were like for you oh i remember i had a um a whammy <laughs> I think it was earlier this year and it was it was the biggest um hole I've come <laughs> come across uh-huh. um and um I just it was just a feeling of no matter what way I turned or how I looked at something or how I tried to you know address you know address how I was feeling I just couldn't get out of this hole it was uh-huh. just a dark um you know foreboding seemingly endless space that I was yeah. trapped in that was so um so unlike me and my and my natural state that it just kind of whoof, came out of nowhere and mm. um and and really hit me um and I think what I realized um was that I think I was trying to get out of it and mm-hmm. and I was trying to, you know, like kind of grapple my way out of it somehow. And I think once I let go of that, um, that feeling, and it's almost like um, like quicksand. I was watching a show yeah. on quicksand with my, with my seven-year-old last week and, and I didn't realise, but if you just succumb to the quicksand and don't try and get your, claw your way out of it, that's, um, counterintuitively when you get out of it. <laughs> and, exactly. And that's, yeah. Let me highlight that a bit because that is so crucial what you described there because we all try to get away from these holes or empty places and because they look very uncomfortable or very scary or like swallow you up or you disappear. Yeah. And the fact is the learning, and I've said that in another podcast, is learning to relax with the whole, which means staying present, not running from it, describing it, and then eventually even going in and dropping through. And the quicksand example is perfect. Yeah, and I think, um, and I think just knowing that there is an end to it, yeah, and it is there for a reason, and it is a teaching, and mm. on the other side of it is is you know, 
something lighter or, or yes. um, a realization. Yeah. yeah. That's the other core teaching. One is we need to learn to relax with the hole, not run anymore. And the second one is in every hole, we reconnect with an essential quality, with a beautiful quality that we that is ours, but that we lost contact with. And once that is understood, the conscious mind then can start helping and go, okay, if there's something good to be found, let's find it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's certainly, um, yeah, certainly been my experience as well. Good. Now, this next question, you started talking about that a bit before, the listening to inner guidance. What does that mean to you? I guess it's um, intuition for me and um, I think we all have it and have the capacity to tap into it. Um, and I think it's just learning to trust that and I think that that is the key. The key element of it is, is trusting, um, trusting that we have an intuition or a gut feel or just an instinct and I know I can pinpoint several times in my life where I've really gone against my intuition or my gut feel um, and things haven't worked out so well. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and, and really when, um, whenever I do, it's just easy. It just life just kind of the pieces of the jigsaw fall into place and just it feels easy and right. Um, so I think it's just about learning to trust that and, um, yeah, and, and really learning to listen to your inner guidance. Mm, very beautifully put. Now let's talk a little bit about true nature or the state of being whole because all the work we do is to reconnect with that. Can you give some examples? Um, so true nature to me is just... Um, feeling completely present. Um, mm. And I had this strange experience, or not strange, it's, uh, it, it should be normal, but a few weeks ago um, and I was walking walking along the beach, um, the beachfront, and I had all these things in my head that I kind of had to work through on my walk, <laughs> mm. uh, like a, like a to-do list almost. And, mm -hmm. um, and I started my walk and I thought, okay, I need to think about this and work out how to do that. And I couldn't, I just couldn't. It was, my mind was completely blank. Um, mm. And it was just the most beautiful feeling of just feeling completely present and my body and my mind working together saying, hang on, let's just enjoy the walk and the rest will take care of itself, which it mm. did. <laughs> and and uh, just a really good lesson, I think, in just kind of being in the moment. Um, I think for me, I've just had moments of, um, going about my day-to-day -day life and all of a sudden I'm overcome with pure joy or mm. love or like a feeling of like a cozy feeling or, yeah. um, any range of, of good emotions. And, and I think when I feel that, I think, wow, you know, it, this, this is, I think, our true nature. <laughs> this is this is how we are meant to feel. Yeah. So I think 
once, you know, once I've, now that I've started getting glimpses of that, there's, there's no going back. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want that magic to end. <laughs> yeah. And there's mm. a really simple little technique to deepen that whenever a beautiful real state from true nature arises, like you mentioned, presence, joy, or love or coziness, you turn towards it. You stop in that moment, you take a breath, and you acknowledge that feeling even more consciously. And that's how we learn to embody these deeper states more and more. It's like saying hello to a beautiful guest and not just ignoring it. So the turning towards yeah. these aspects has become one of my favorite meditations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about the term becoming whole as I called the book like that and the podcast, what does becoming whole mean to you at this moment in time? I think it's, again, it's an awareness um, and a real consciousness of um, myself and all my um, you know, shortcomings and mm -hmm. good points and everything mm -hmm. all everything. in together and just embracing it and, yeah. and, you know, feeling, you know, and, and loving that about me. Um, I think it's feeling connected in a really beautiful way with other people and deepening mm. connections um, in that way. And again, just coming back to the point before of the, um, I guess, the emotions and, and that, that, you know, kind of feeling and welling up of joy or welling up of it's the times it's happened, it's just, it's a really familiar, unfamiliar feeling. Like it feels unfamiliar <laughs> in the moment, but there's something really familiar about it as well. Yes. Um, so it almost feels like coming home, you know. Yes. Um, yes. Like, it's, like it's meant to be. Yeah. And I mentioned that, I think in the last podcast, that I sometimes call that the inbuilt reward system of true nature. Like we know when we are connected to our truth. And without that, we wouldn't really be able to remember. So we know when we are in contact, real contact. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt, actually, yeah, I think, when, exactly. when you are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Alice, is there anything else you would like to share? Anything we haven't covered? I think just to reiterate um, what you said at the beginning, Karima, in that I think this work is available um, to anyone and everyone. Um, I think maybe there's a perception still that I don't, you need to burn incense or <laughs> wear purple flowing <laughs> robes or something to to access to access this. Yeah. Um, but really, that's not the case. And I think that um, yeah, anyone from any any walk of life um, can can access this. And I think, gosh, now more than ever in the world, I think there's a real opportunity for. Um, a shift in consciousness and, yeah. and it's exciting to be a part of that. This is funny with the incense, what you're saying, because I think when I look back, when I went to India first in 79, at that time in Germany, there was nothing available around consciousness work. And I just knew I wanted to find something. And that's why I went to India. And at that time, it was only available in India. And I think that's mm -hmm. why many people learn to associate meditation or mindfulness with the Indian practices of devotion. And 
now fortunately it has opened up in the whole world it's everywhere in every country everybody can do it it's not an indian tradition but in the early days we did go there because it was the only place where we could find it I yeah like and that's exciting you know it's, it's i think an exciting time to be like yeah it makes me sneeze <laughs> 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 yeah, it makes me very happy that it is becoming more and more normal and mainstream and meditation, mindfulness, yoga, even the language of an open heart becomes more normal. And it is yeah. so crucial. Yeah, and it's changing so quickly, you know, even yeah. from five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what is one tool or resource you would like our listeners to take away from today? One simple thing for them to practice or focus on? I think meditation. Um, and I think, again, getting back to my last point, I think a lot of people maybe get scared by that term mm. um, and or think or a common thing that people will say to me is, oh, I can't meditate. Um, but again, well, neither can I actually, and I've been doing it for years, but it's not about being able to, it's just about showing up and, mm. and just sitting sitting still with whatever comes up um and and i think that even if you've only got five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day just to have that that check-in um and you don't even have to call it a meditation you know just a check-in where you just sit still and, and focus on your mind and body and and see what arises i think is so powerful um so i think um yeah, the work is available to everyone, but I think you do also need to do do the work. Um, so I think a really simple way to start is just, um, yeah, five or ten minutes a day of just mm. sitting with yourself and, and, you know, whether you call it meditation or just being. <laughs> but, to, but to do that work I think is crucial. That's great. That's a really good suggestion. And then in that sitting or checking in, that's the beginning of us getting to know ourselves more. Then we'll come across body tensions or issues in the mind or emotions or the stuff will show up once we stop and turn towards ourselves. Yeah, that's right. And I think at times it can be a little uncomfortable, but the rewards just so outweigh that discomfort. It's, it's totally worth it. Mm, thank you for that tip. Now, that was very, very rich, what you shared, and I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. And thank, thank you. you for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks so much, Karima. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Whole podcast. My passion is to make this world a better place. And that starts with each one of us feeling and being well. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Leaving a review also helps others find the podcast. My new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation, is available on Booktopia and Amazon. For more information, check out my website, inneralchemy.com.au or find me on Facebook. Facebook.